What's going on, everybody? Jay Wright with Frustrated Black Christian Podcast, episode number 13, part two of Real Talk with the Realtor, featuring Jemiah James. I want to thank everybody for listening. Last week, we had some great numbers, some great feedback. I want to thank Jemiah again for sitting down and having this conversation with me, giving us a lot of great information, a lot of great insight, and a great encouragement for us to all pursue uh, home ownership uh, I never thought so many people would respond to it And I'm excited to see the response that we got So I'm not going to hold y'all up Here's part two with Jemiah James Real Talk with the Realtor Part two, peace I got this, I got that I got, like, So it's like, you thinking like the, the down payment is just so much that you got to do when it's like, if you really break it down, you know, it's, man, it's simple. There's so many ways to do it. I don't have any uh, family that want to, that want to do a personal loan or a gift, but if there's anybody out there that wants to, y'all hit me up and uh, we can make this thing happen, man. But that, that's, that, yeah. th- those ways, man, that's, that's really crazy, man. Yeah, man. So, um, now, I do want to talk about uh, the, the down payment percentages um, and why it will be important. Uh, so, now I, I told you conventional uh, down payments anywhere from five to twenty percent. Right. And um, FHA is anywhere from three point five uh, to ten percent. So uh, these amounts are important because so twenty uh, percent is the standard. Now I know a lot of people won't have twenty percent of the purchase price, even though I hope that you do. Uh, simply because of private mortgage insurance. So PMI that's it's, it's called PMI. Uh, it's basically a protection. Uh, for the lender, uh, if they get any losses, let's say, you know, you can't repay your loan for any reason. Well, this protects the lender. But uh, if you have, if you do have 20%, you can eliminate your PMI. Mm. Um, so it, it makes the mortgage a little bit more expensive uh, when you don't have the full 20%. But um, like I tell people, we're not worried about that. Now we're trying to get in the door. Um, because once we get in the door and we make our payments for a little bit, we can refinance and do, um, we can refinance and then take that money and eliminate the PMI. Or some, or, or some lenders even have where you can just, if you make, you know, a certain amount of payments, you can call and get it taken off. And it'll reduce your mortgage, um, your mortgage amount. So, twenty um, percent is always—they call it the standard, standard uh, amount. But uh, you can literally get a house with three point five percent. 
Mm. Sometimes it's even less than that. It just it just depends on who you're working. But um, what I've seen is uh, 3.5% down, most being 20%, except for people who like paying all cash. Stuff. You know, those those type of people are different. <laughs> yeah. um, so, um, so, 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 quick, quick question. So, for like programs like uh, NACA, uh, you've heard of NACA and all that stuff. Yeah, I, that's why I heard the three point five percent thing down. Uh, so it, there are other ways. Uh, other, you can basically do that first time home buyers, uh, program, without those type of programs like NACA. It's, yeah. it's basically it's not the only one uh, that's available right. for 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 that because it's it's we we tried that process and it it didn't uh it was it was a lot I just feel like that uh-huh. and see here's here's the thing uh, with NACA NACA is they're not backed by anybody mm-hmm. so they have their own uh, set of rules their own set of uh, processes and methods and stuff that they use because they're the ones funding. Mm. So uh, it's like basically they draw you in with with the ease of the process, but their methods may not always seem easy because of all the stuff that you have to do, like credit consultation, right. and this and the that. And, you know, so um, they make all of their own decisions, which you know, ultimately lets them make up their own rules. Mm. You know, it, it, it doesn't work for everybody. Um, but some people, they use it. Um, I haven't really read anybody who uses knock-alones. Um, I, I, from what I hear, though, uh, those can take a, a little longer to close on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've heard some horror stories. About, yeah. about that process. And I've heard yeah. some people, some good, a few people say some good stuff about it too, but for the most part, it's just that process is so long and draining and it, it wears, on, wears on you, on that person that's that's pursuing, that's in that program. Yeah, yeah. There are, um, I mean, and there there's so many other programs. Uh, I'll probably mention one or two, if I can remember. Um, at the end of this podcast, I can probably mention one or two uh, that many people don't know about, but they're out there. <laughs> right. Um, you know, and it's, it's all about uh, doing what works for you, but also understanding that, you know, uh, it's, it's more than one way to skin a cat. Gotcha. That's so. Good to know. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, so after you uh, check your credit score after you went to a bank, whatever, after you talked to a lender, um, after you met with your realtor, you chose your realtor, the next step is to go, go house mm-hmm. Um We like to do that before uh, we do anything. Like, yeah. We like yeah. to go look at the house and then try to... Yeah, and, and here's the thing. Um, you can't submit an offer without a pre approval. It, it's, it's not going to work. You, you can't do it. Okay. Um, it's, it's required 
to have a pre-approval um, in place before you submit an offer. Uh, reason number one is because you have a lot of window shoppers, uh, people who call realtors up and say, hey, I want to see this house. And, you know, we end up taking them to, to two or three houses. And then we say, hey, um, so you ready to put an offer in? And they go, oh, I'm not, I'm not pre approved yet. Oh, do you want to get pre approved? Oh, well, my credit debt, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it saves time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, I, that's how I see it. Like, I wouldn't waste your time, so don't waste time. That's, and then that's what's up. You're that's... wasting the stuff time, too, because, you know, his house is on the market. He's ready to sell it. And you're putting an offer, and we don't even know where your funding source is going to come from. Mm-hmm. You know? So, um, after all of that, then you go out because, uh, and another reason to get pre-approved is because you want to know how much you can afford before you start living in the house. Right. Uh, that's a good way uh, for a huge self-disappointment. Uh, you know, if you're going to look at four, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollar houses, and then you can only afford three hundred, two fifty. Mm. Uh, that's that's a big uh, upset. <laughs> That's a big disappointment. Uh, yeah, for people who who think that they're qualified uh, for this certain amount and then come to find out they're not. So um, you want to know how much you can prove before you get to how much you can afford before you get to the house hunting process. Uh, so house hunting is 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 uh, pretty straightforward. Um, what I'll do is I'll send you a, a sheet um, that's called My Next Home. And you'll basically go through several options uh, of things that you want, things that you need, and things that you're flexible over. Mm-hmm. You make your selections. I then take that, that, uh, that sheet that you filled out. I create um, and I generate an automatic uh, list, and basically I input your criteria into this list, uh, and, and then from then on out, everything that comes to the market that hits those boxes is going to get sent to you via email. Okay. Um, so you'll be able to go through. You'll have like your own portal. Uh, you'll be able to go through, look at different things. And then you can heart the ones that you like. Uh, send me a text and say, hey, I want to see uh, this house, that house, maybe this house. And I'll call, schedule an appointment, and then we can go see it at that appointed time. And that's that's pretty much house hunting in shell. That's what's up. Uh, is, is, you know, going out looking at houses. Now, uh, for a lot of buyers, Sometimes, especially in this market, since uh, there are way more buyers and sellers, um, you're going to you're going to have or feel like you, that everything you like is disappearing. <laughs> um, Zillow done broke and, my heart a couple of times. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's 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 completely normal. Uh, but uh, I tell anybody, patience is key. 
um, having patience because let's say there's this house you like, okay, somebody bought it. There's going to be three or four other houses just like that house that pop up. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm, 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 I'm dealing with this now uh, with some clients. Um, therefore, we put in offers and I mean, sometimes we just get beat and I won't say that that's everybody's story, mm. but you know, that's, that's the potential of what can happen uh, in this type of market. Um, you know, the bidding wars and the, the um, multiple offers, you know, it, it can be really crazy. Right. But don't, don't get uh, emotionally attached too fast, which is a huge key mm. uh, because they have you uh, just trying to settle, just trying to hurry to get a house when you're not completely happy with it. Right. So the right one will always come. I I get uh, my clients get about four to eight emails a day of houses that just hit the market. So um, they're they're there, you know, just we just have to take our time uh and and the right one will come. And that's and that's why I believe, you know, um Growing up, growing up in church and believing in God that, you know, what's for you will always be for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is, I, I, I think that there's a house um, for every person that there's a house for them that fits their next step of life. So, and that's, that's the mindset I, I keep uh, with how I stay grounded in all of this craziness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. The right one will always come. That's and, and that's really comforting to hear, uh, because you think, you know, that you fall in love with a house and you think that's the the, the house and 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 I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one and, and I'm I'm guilty of being that window shopper. I am the uh, Zillow king. I, I will show Keisha a house, uh, email, email her a house, and we'll drive by look at it like. And we never followed any of those steps, the the necessary steps that you said. And but you know, that house of of, of go off market because somebody bought it and you you're heartbroken. But just like you said, we believe in what was for you is for you. And then if we just simply follow the steps, follow and trust the process and and and, and do it, do it the right way, you know, what's for us is gonna is gonna be for us and nobody else can have it. So man, that's really comforting to hear. Um, and the other, the other part, um, is, is having a realtor who, who can prep you, uh, for what the market could be. Okay. So I, I think having, having somebody, like I said, in your corner who can explain step by step, you know, how this is going to work, what could potentially happen, um, you know, lay lay out everything up front because trust is so important. Uh, when you're when you're out in the market, um, trusting your realtor to not hear you wrong, and then the realtor trusting their buyers, you know, to make sound decisions, uh, educated decisions. Mm. Um, it's so important. So, um, why is why are prices so high? <laughs> right. Uh, it's, there's several, several, several uh, factors that influences 
the price of a house. So, of uh, course, new buildings. This is just a few uh, new buildings. So, if you have, you stay like say you stay on the outskirts of downtown, uh, and they just put a Chick Fil A there. Mm. Uh, that area will now be considered as desirable. Why? Because everybody loves Chick Fil A. <laughs> so, uh, is certain certain buildings and certain amenities and stuff that get built around the communities and stuff that you live in, those can influence prices. Uh, so, you know, you have schools, uh, banks, uh, close economies to work, all of that can influence the uh, number of the, the, the pricing of housing. Um, interest rates. Those of you that don't know, interest rates are uh, extremely low. Okay. So you have people who are taking advantage of those low interest rates and they're going out buying houses uh, because now you can afford more house. Right. Uh, so um, economic growth, as I stated, you know, once the, once the community is really going from rural to urban, uh, that transition alone can make housing uh, prices go up. You have number of homes that's being uh, listed. So, like I, I mentioned earlier, that there are way more buyers than there are sellers. So every time a house hits the market, you know you have a dozen buyers who are looking at it already, and they're putting an offer. On it. So they're willing to pay more to beat. The next person, mm. which in you know, which then in turns causes the housing to go up. Um, then you have um, you have more people, uh, higher weight. So, you know, they just. Uh, did the minimum wage, uh, trying to push it to 15. When that goes all the way through, people will be up to buy more house. Mm. <laughs> so uh, that's going to drive the prices up again. Right. And then um, I didn't cover this, but uh, debt to income ratio or DTI, here's another reason why prices are probably going to go up. Once again, uh, so that's the income ratio is the amount of money you have coming in versus the amount of money you have going out. So if you make, let's say you make $5,000 a month mm -hmm. and your expenses are $2,500, your DTI is 50%. Uh, in order to get pre-approved, uh, or a mortgage, they like you to be 50% or below uh, with DTI. So here's the kicker though student loans, all of that is included in your DTI. Okay. But um, there's been a, a major, a major change in uh, student loan guys. A lot of people don't know this, but when this actually catches fire, 
is going to be some more pandemonium. So here's what just happened. Uh, the HUD uh, Housing and Urban Development Administration, they just released a letter uh, probably like a week or two ago uh, that changes the way that they assess student loans. So let's say you had $100,000 in student loans. Uh, what they would do is they would take 1% of that Mm-hmm. It would include that to your DTI. So, hundred thousand dollars for your loan, they would take one percent, which is a thousand dollars. They would include that to, you know, the calculation of the debt to income ratio. Well, here's what they did: they slashed that in half. So, now where it was one percent, it's point five percent. So instead of a thousand dollars in fact, only five hundred dollars. Wow. So people who probably have recently been denied of a loan will probably be able to get approved now. Uh, and then uh, the real kicker is okay, so if you have the income based review plan with uh, you already have the crop documentation, you already have uh, you know, sign your papers that you're on IBR. Mm. Um, if it's above zero, then they'll use that payment as DTI. So even if it's a dollar, <laughs> they'll take that dollar and fact, you know, incorporate it into the debt to income ratio. Wow. So if it's at zero dollars, then they'll do the 0.5%. But if it's at a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, hundred dollars, whatever, they'll use that payment that you're making. And they'll include that to your DTI. So, so many people, uh, once they actually hear about this, they're going to be reapplying. They're probably going to get approved. Absolutely. Which, is, which in return is going to create more bias. Man. So, um, so now, uh, after we something, let's say we find a house we really like. Um, step five is to submit an offer. Uh, offers are, I consider them to be masterpieces. Um, so many moving parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of the uh, and most important part of an offer uh, is the EMD or earnest money deposit, mm-hmm. the inspection period, and it's the amount of days you can close. Those are uh, not all of the keys, but these are pretty, pretty important. Right. So, um, creating a strong offer uh, means having a strong earnest money deposit. And earnest money deposit is basically saying uh, it's, it's a, a, an amount of the price of the uh, mortgage that you're going to give up front as a buyer um, to let the seller know you're serious about purchasing this home. Mm. So uh, typically, EMDs are 1% of the purchase price. 
So let's say uh, the house you want is two hundred thousand. Well, you would write a check for two thousand, uh, and it would go in an escrow account, which is um, just a third party account of somebody who is uh, like a title company. Or um, sometimes you can close with a lawyer, you can give it to a lawyer, they'll hold it uh, in a trust account until um, the closing date um, of that property. Okay. So earnest money deposit, 1%. Uh, but what a lot of people is doing now, or what a lot of people are doing now, uh, they're doing 2% or uh, 3%. So I'm putting down 4000 Six thousand. Here's why. Um, it makes the offer look attractive, but uh, the best part about it is it's not an extra expense. So um, once you get pre-approved, you already have. Uh, like they're already going to tell you what you need to bring to uh, the closing table. So. Let's just say you get a pre-approval letter and you're, pre you're approved for a $300,000. Uh, so your pre-approval letter is going to tell you how much they're going to finance and then how much you're going to need to bring to close. Mm. So let's, let's just say they'll, they'll do like, uh, we'll, we'll uh, finance 96.5% of your property, mm. right? So that's uh that's roughly like two hundred and eighty nine thousand dollars. So uh they're gonna finance two hundred and eighty nine thousand dollars and you'll be left with uh coming up with ten thousand five hundred. Okay. So the ten grand is your responsibility. Uh two hundred and eighty nine thousand is their responsibility. So now this is how ENV works. Um, you, you find the house, um, and then you say, I want to do 1% of the purchase price. So you do 1% of 300000 That's 3000 So that means uh, there is 7500 that's still left. Right. Um, What people do with EMBs is they beef them up so much because it doesn't take away from the amount of money that you still need to bring. So it's not, you know, 10000 plus the EMB. All of that is included in the money that you have to bring to those. So if you put 4000 down, you put 4000 down, um, It won't be fourteen thousand. Right. You only have to six thousand to the table. I hope I'm saying it way that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, it makes it's, it's make a lot of sense. Yeah. So that's that's one way people are are uh, making attractive offers uh, because EMB isn't a set amount. It's already included. Uh, Money that you need to bring to the closing. Mm. So, uh, 
my middle finger is infection period. So this is a period where uh, you call your home inspector, uh, you, you set up a home inspection, and um, they come out and they have a certain amount of days to complete a home inspection. Normally, uh, it's about 10 days. Some people are doing some people are doing one day, uh, two days, three days. It just depends on who you can get to the house. Mm. It's possible. Uh, but whatever you do, <laughs> I, uh, I strongly advise, because there are some people who are waiting inspections, um, I strongly advise that nobody waive their inspection period. Only because um, you're throwing away your negotiation power. There is anything to negotiate. Wow. So, see, you um, only think about saving money, but that's that's actually you. You're also throwing away your power. Yeah, it's it's and it's it's two ways um, of buying and throwing away their power. That's a way of inspection and way of appraisal. Mm. So, um, here's how you can throw away your power by. Uh, waiving the inspection. So, what an inspector does, he comes and he checks every major area of the house. Um, he does the four point inspection, he does the wind mitigation, which means uh, if there was a hurricane to come, how well would the house stand up? You know, mm. uh, he's checking the roof, the electrical, uh, AC, all of that. If he uncovers any problem and um, in that inspection, before you guys close, we have a right to go present that to the seller and say, hey, um, such and such is is broken. Would you be able to fix that before closing? Mm. Because, I mean, let's be real, the house isn't ours yet, but we're buying it. So the, the, the problem is still the sellers. So if you if you waive that inspection fee, and let's say you move in, and you know something happens with the AC, or you know you can't contact the seller after you close and say, "Hey, um, the AC went out," the seller's going to say, "Hey, that's not my problem, <laughs> right?" Because now it's yours. So you wanna um, you wanna have those inspections. Just in case, uh, they and inspections are generally, you know, two to five hundred dollars, maybe even six hundred dollars, depending on who you use. But they're going to save you a lot of heartache, you know, because uh, if he if he uncovers something major like electrical or plumbing or anything, um, you can negotiate with the seller and say, "Hey, we need this fixed before we buy the house." Mm-hmm. And all of that will fall on stuff. But like I said, you're giving away your power if um, if you waive that inspection fee. Never thought about that. No. And even and here's here's the other kicker. People think because they buy new construction, you don't have to have an inspection. Absolutely not. Wow. Uh, I don't care if it's new construction because. Um, you know, you have so you have VR horror 
have Ron Holmes or whatever the case may be. They sublet. Um, they 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 subcontract all of the house building, right? They mm-hmm. don't have a staff that goes out there and build houses. They have people that uh, have companies that they provide to go out and build houses for them. So sometimes builders cut corners. Uh, sometimes they don't always do the best job that they can do uh, on the house. And the inspector will uncover that. So, um, even with new construction, you get those inspections. Mm. Always, always have inspections because you, you you always want to protect yourself. Um, and that's what it's about. At it's protecting yourself and, and protecting your your money that you're about to spend. I mean, because let's just face it, uh, home purchases are some some of the biggest expenses that we'll ever incur. Right. Um, so you want to make sure that you are doing everything you can to protect that money and the asset that you're about to buy. Um, I never would have thought about that. Um, that that the new construction. I thought everything was just going to be a one from there. But even yeah, and you know that's that's what most people assume. Mm-hmm. But you still want to make sure because, like I said, you know you got to think about it. They're building houses in production uh, in volume. So True. The more houses they crank out, the more money they make. True. And then, so where you're taking you're you're taking um, when when you're putting the first house out there. You know, it, which is what they use the model home. They may build that correctly, but since it's, uh, since they're worried about quantity over quality, um, then you have to take in consideration that in are they cutting corners? Um, you know, are some things being patched up and some are not? Mm-hmm. Some electrical wiring hanging. And, you know, it's it's all that you gotta take into consideration with new construction. Uh, and like I said, the inspector's job is to cover all of that. His, his job is to make sure that the home is built properly and that it's livable and that you know nothing could happen uh if you decide to move into that home. Right. Okay. So yeah, inspections. And then the other uh the other way of buying the way they call it is crazy. So appraisals work on is, is especially in this market, they work on the buyer's plan. Here's why. Because home prices are going up, of course, and you have some arrogant sellers who believe that they can just slap the price on the property. Um and and somebody will pay it. Mm-hmm. You know, if your house is worth two hundred thousand don't list it for 280, 290 when it's only worth 200. Right. So, what an appraiser does, uh, he does something. He looks at, uh, well, maybe I should give you the definition of appraisal. So, an appraisal is an informed estimate of a home's value uh, 
Uh, that's generally done by independent professional and licensed appraiser. And it's typically ordered by the lender uh, or the person who has processed your mortgage application. So that's what an appraiser is. So what they do is they come out and they look at comparable homes. And comparable homes are uh, homes that have recently sold uh, in the same vicinity mm -hmm. that have the same square footage, just the same build as the house you're trying to buy. So this is how appraisal state. Let's say you put in an offer for a house for three hundred thousand, and um, and and the seller accepts your offer. You know they think they're going to get three hundred thousand. Some something tells you that the house isn't worth three hundred thousand. You feel like you're overpaying for a house. Mm. The appraiser is going to come in. He's going to run a search of comparable properties, and if he finds that uh, comparable homes in that neighborhood or vicinity, if they only sold for two sixty, then he can only say that the house is worth two sixty. So. This is where we have an appraisal contingency written up in the offer. Basically saying we will pay this much if the house appraises. Okay. At this okay. So uh, appraisal, appraisal contingency save a lot of people. Uh, it stops it stops the prices from uh, it stops the overpayment. So the appraiser gets back with you and say, "Hey, uh, this house isn't worth three hundred thousand. If we buy it for three hundred thousand, it's only worth two sixty. Well, now that gives us more negotiating power with the seller. Hey, appraisal uh, came back. This house is only worth two sixty. Um, how do you want to handle this? Do you want to just let us buy it for two sixty, or uh, do you want to cover all of our closing costs and we buy it for two seventy, or you know, whatever?" Mm -hmm. So that's 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 how uh, negotiations still happen. Um, if there are any, like I said, because somehow they appraise for exactly what they're listing for. Some inspections they go over very well, uh, but uh, should negotiations happen, then we know what we got to do. Inspections and appraisals. So you as a buyer. You don't want to give that power over trying to hurry up and get a house because you could overpay and then um, you could be in what some people call a money pit. House that be a bunch of work mm. and, you know, and it all falls. Right. So, uh, the best negotiations are when the seller caters to the buyer and the buyer caters to the seller. And they meet in the middle. Those are the smoothest, smoothest negotiations that you can ever ask for. That makes a lot of sense. A lot of time, I just I I didn't think the appraisal was necessary myself. I, I'm 
You be straight up. You know, it's sometimes they're going to be required by the lender. Okay. And sometimes they're not, but um, especially in this market, it's a necessary evil. Um, of course, you have to pay for their appraisal, but um, this will let you know if you're going to be overpaying for a house. Right, 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 right. So, so the price for the inspector and for the appraiser, uh, that's included. I mean, not included, but you have to incorporate that all in your savings as well, too. Not, not just yeah. with your down payment alone. You have to have that money for that appraiser and right. for that inspection. Right. Okay. Uh, inspections are about two to five hundred dollars, and then appraiser appraisals are realistically the same amount, anywhere from two, two to like maybe eight hundred bucks. It just depends. I, that's right. So I, I, I know I've seen some prices for like a thousand. Yeah, they're in high demand right now, so they they may be upcharging now. I don't know whether the new the new new prices are, mm-hmm. um, but they have been increasing prices because you know it's a whole lot of buyers out here. A lot of people are pulling on appraisers, so uh, and not a lot of appraisers. Right. Um, so they're kind of you know uh, upcharging a little bit. <laughs> I, I I bet high demand. Yeah. So we got like. Maybe a little over five more minutes left in the podcast. Let's okay. finish up this process of what else uh, we need to get be in our home. Get us in our home right now. Okay, so uh, after the inspection checks out, after the appraisal checks out, um, after you had your negotiations, um, you and the lender will work to get homeowner's insurance. Uh, which is going to cover your butt um, if there's any uh, hurricane damage or natural disasters or anything like that. Um, it's going to cover your butt. Then um, the realtor is going to call, organize the closing date. Um, once we get to that date, uh, you're either going to send your funds the day before or you're going to bring them in the day of the, the uh, remaining funds that you have. Yeah. You're gonna bring those funds in or you're gonna wire them in the day before. And once the uh, once the your lender wires the money to the seller um, at, at at the title company mm. and the transaction is complete, uh, you sign the papers and you get the keys to your home. So one one quick one quick thing. Uh, I I know I said we had five minutes, but it is one of the main things I I really wanted to uh, get to the people. Uh, because I was told because actually shout out to Sheldon and Shonda. Uh, they they're they're having their home built. So, uh, one thing that I was told was you know while you are in this process, do not spend anything. Do not you know as far as like with your credit and stuff like that until you get to that final process. Yeah. Um, so, so um, you don't want to touch your credit if you're in the home buying process. Mm. Uh, especially like trying to get new credit cards, or and and you know it's it's good to uh, imagine you know 
or to, to dream about your house and the things you're going to put in it, mm. but don't act on those dreams. So buyers get excited and they'd be like, you know, I got a new house. Well, it's time to get new furniture and a new car. Mm-hmm. So they go, you know, get the furniture credit and they get the car credit. And then there's a change in their debt to income ratio right. or a change in credit score. Right. It messes everything up. Right. So uh, that's actually how me and my wife got in the house we're in now. Um, there was a guy who had a house built and he figured, hey, you know what it go good with a new house and a car? He went and got a new car, uh, completely changed his debt to income ratio, and now he wasn't available to get the house that he just built. Mm. <laughs> and so we slid in. Um, so, um, if you had that grandma pay, moment, you're gonna pay, you're gonna pay for anything, uh, use cash. Okay. Uh, so that way it's not traced in your bank statements or anything like that. Uh, but still try to try not to spend. If you can't, if, if you if you can afford to not spend, don't do it. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Um, because you wanna you wanna make sure that you have that cushion there just in case any other uh, expenses pop up. You know, while you're in the process. Hmm. Yeah, it makes so, makes a lot a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, what I'm learning today that every cent matters, and this process is tedious, but it's necessary. And if we can follow the steps, it help get us where we are, where we need to be. Uh, give us your information, Jamaya, on how we can get in contact with you, and and do you serve? Do you service not only just Central Florida, but are you Able to come to Jacksonville, wherever. Okay, so yeah, um, I'm a younger guy, so I don't mind hopping on the road. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I I, uh, I can service Jacksonville. I can service. Uh, I'm, I'm in the Orlando area quite often. Uh, of course, I'm in the Delane area, uh, on City. I I do Central Florida and surrounding areas. So, um, Bello on the beat. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, my dreams, uh, my Instagram uh, is at jam jam two underscore james, um, and then uh, my email is jamiah the agent at email dot com. So um, I'm always on social media because I'm always posting. So uh, as I say in my videos, if you have any more questions, uh, DM me and, and we can talk about it because that's that's really the case here. Uh, I want to help as many people as I can um, because I believe uh, where the home prices are headed, even though home prices are high now, mm-hmm. it would still be a good time to buy um, and get these uh, get these equities up so that you know, we, we can sit on some cash and, and better secure our family. So, uh, yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. It's, it's good for every buyer to use a realtor because they don't have to worry about the commission fees. Only the seller. That's what's up. So I'm going to uh, officially, unofficially, which I'm pretty sure Keisha cool with it, but once we get our uh, information and our stuff together, Jemaya is going to be our realtor. He's going to come up here in Jacksonville and he's going to hook us up with our, our, with our home. So... 
Uh, I'm excited about it and uh, I'm excited about this process and I hope everybody that's listening is excited to take down these notes get in touch with Jemaya he will help you, he will work with you Uh, I trust him and I know he's going to look out for your best interest and uh, he's going to help get you into the home but before you come to him Make sure you have our stuff together. That's why, I, like I said, when me and Nikisha get our stuff together, that's when we're going to come with him because we don't want to waste his time, our time, and the seller's time as well. So uh, I really appreciate you, fam, for uh, giving us this, uh, honestly, this home buying session uh, and just breaking things down for us. And uh, you really have simplified a lot for me. Uh, I got my notes. And uh, I'm going to go and I'm going to talk to Keisha. And uh, I'm pretty sure she, when she listens to this, she's going to be excited too. So uh, I want to say once again, I appreciate your fam. Love y'all, man. And um, much sure. success to you all. And uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to uh, Frustrated Black Christian Podcast, episode number 12. I told you it wouldn't disappoint. A real talk with a realtor. And uh, I hope that y'all take this information and go pursue your dreams. Go get your piece of the pie, in the words of the Jefferson. Jeffersons. All right? <laughs> I love y'all, and we'll catch y'all on the next episode of Frustrated Black Christian Podcast. All right? Peace.